devotion time. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope you had a restful night rest. Praise God. So from wherever you are in the world, I know we have different um, countries represented afternoon, good afternoon, good evening. We're going to be praying in other tongues for the next 15 minutes, as we usually will do. And I'm going to be reading 1 Timothy 2 from verse 1 to 4. And it says, I exalt, I exalt, I exalt therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth hallelujah right now we're going to be praying for all Yes, for all men, every manner of prayer. Yes, for kings, for men in authority. Hallelujah. For the leadership of states, for the leadership of nations. Every form of leadership. Yes, you can go on ahead and unmute yourself and let's pray in other tongues. Thank <laughs> you. 
We bless your name, O God, for you are God all by yourself. You are the God of all flesh. Yes, O God, we thank you for the opportunity, O God. Granted us this morning to pray for our leaders and for everyone in authority. Lord, we thank you, hallelujah. They make the right decisions. They function with wisdom. They function with understanding. Yes, Yes, Lika Zanta Kabaya. We see changes, hallelujah. We experience changes. Bakatela Bakaya. Yes, Sekedibosutu. In the leaderships of the world. Lakrondo Fretti Jokobaya. 
Yes, it happens in our time, in our time, in our day. Lako sevino vento fele vivo koto bila bra aske ungra atapalada. Lord, we worship you, God. Yes, we thank you for holidays. Hallelujah. Lega santa kabaya. Lord, we worship you, O God. We exalt your holy name, O God, for this time of prayer, O God. Yes, hallelujah. Our inner man has been energized. We see our leaders, O God, rightly, hallelujah. And we communicate according to your spirit, O God, in words, hallelujah, the things that we have seen in our spirits about them, O God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Father, for you are God. You are awesome, hallelujah. You are greatly to be praised, O God. You are a beautiful God. Worship and exalt your holy name in Jesus' name of prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Lord. Hallelujah. Over to you, esteemed Amarak. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again. Hey, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, Pastor Deborah. And thank you, everyone, for an impactful time of prayer. You know, that scripture says that we should pray every day for all men. And it says that it is the will of God that we do. We, we, we pray such kind of prayers. So the fact that we have that 15 minutes every morning here, having that opportunity to do something that is the will of God. If you look at Verse three said, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our savior. So every time that you spend this first 15 minutes praying in the light of the scripture, you're doing something that is good with God and acceptable in his sight. You can be sure that you started your day on the right path. So thank you so much, Pastor Debbie, and thank you, everyone. I want to say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you're connected from. Today is Friday, the 29th of January, 2021. And um, today's devotional article is a very special one, and I pray that it ministers to you in a very special way. I was saying yesterday that when I read through the scriptures, irrespective of what I'm reading, one of the things that have stood out is the character of God, the personality of God. And yesterday I was talking how that when I was reading the likes of the Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, all those places where God will give laws, rules and regulations, where God gave the measurement of the temple, many, many things. And I was saying that for me, especially in the area of the measurement of the, stem, of the temple, what stood out for me was the character of excellence that God displayed, how he paid attention to details. And then I remembered also yesterday when I was watching the Your Love World, I remember also that when you read through Genesis to Revelation, there's one thing that is constant through the scriptures. You will see the love of God. It's one thing to believe that God loves everybody. But today and this morning, this devotional is telling you that he loves you personally. And I want you to open your heart and receive every word of this devotional because 
God is talking to you and I want you to feel like God is sitting down beside you wherever it is that you are right now and he's talking to you as I read the words of this devotional. Matthew 10 and verse 30, our opening scripture, he said, but the very hairs of your herd are all numbered. When we say God loves you, what does that even mean to you? What is love? Love is that enduring value of a person that gives you a sense of his or her importance to you as the object of your favor. You love somebody, you just want to do anything to make the person happy. You're looking for ways to favor this person, favor this person with words, with actions, with deeds. Therefore, that God loves you means you are special and valuable to him. You are so valuable to him that he takes a record of even the hairs of your head. For those of you that are married, you can be sure that your husband or your wife does not know the number of hairs on your head. Jesus said every hair of your head is numbered. Notice he didn't say counted. That means every strand of hair from your head has a code number from God. None of them falls off without him recording it. This is the care of God for each one of us. If you understand his love for you, all that crying and feeling sorry for yourself because of what you are going through will be unnecessary. You'd give no room to selfishness and greed. He cares so much for you. He loves you, in, he loves you personally in particular. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. The word particular is meros, Greek, which means individual parts, definite parts. The Amplified Classic Version says, now you collectively are Christ's body and individually are members of it. Each part severally and distinct each with his own place and function. Ephesians 5.29 says, For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. This is wonderful. With all the fear and discouragement in the world today, the Lord is bringing you this message as an indication of his love for you. He's nourishing you through his word to lift your spirit and strengthen your faith because he cherishes you. You are special to him. The Bible says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. First John chapter three and verse one. The word bestowed also means lavished. The father has lavished his love on you. It's love without limits, love without limits. Glory to his name forever. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, when we journey through life, there are things that happen at different times in our lives. 
And there's the temptation to want to feel that God is not with you at a particular time. When you feel like God is silent, when you feel like you are alone. He says that not one strand of hair on your head falls off without God knowing because he has a code number for every strand. The funny thing is that sometimes I'm the one that actually puts my hand on my hair and I pull out a strand just because I'm playing with my hair. He says God is aware of every strand of hair. If he does that, if he is aware of that, are you saying that he wasn't aware? Or he's not aware of what's happening in your family, of what's happening on your job, of what's happening in that business, of what's happening in your marriage? When you understand the love of God, it brings about a confidence in life. It is second to none. It is what gives you confidence. Even when you have made a mistake, you are confident in God's unconditional love because you understand that even while you were a sinner, when you did not know God, God loved you. So if your works did not get you salvation, your works will not keep the salvation. As much as faith without works is dead. I'm talking about self-works, works of, of self-righteousness. Those are not the things that keep you safe, that keep you in fellowship or in tune with God. They are works of righteousness, works of faith by the spirit of God. So if your works didn't disqualify you for salvation, don't allow your works disqualify you from enjoying all that God has planned for you. The Bible says that do we continue in sin so that grace may abound? You say, God forbid, when you love somebody, you don't want to hurt the person. So even this love is mutual. When you come to understand the love of God, you, have, you, you contact the ability and the, the, the ease to express the same love to God. The Bible says the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. As a Christian, I don't know if there have been times when somebody does something to you and you're like, oh my God, this is so terrible. I, how can this person do this to me? But she's supposed to be my friend. And then somewhere in your heart, you just feel like, oh, I can never forget this. Yes, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know, but it hurts. One month later, you are trying to remember what the person did. The love of God is shared abroad in our hearts. That's the love that Christ brought to us. Enjoy it, take advantage of it, and be confident in it. Thank you so much. I'm going to hand over to Sister Joy to take us through the further study and the affirmation for Rhapsody today. Thank you. Good morning, Mark. Thank you so much, Mark, for the opportunity. Good morning. Good afternoon, everyone. Okay, um, I'm reading from... First John 3, verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. 
Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. First John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Jeremiah 31, 3 says, The Lord had appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And Romans 8, 35 to 38. I was supposed to read from the TLB version, but I don't have that. So I'm going to read from NLT. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. As the scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, right now, we're going to be taking the confession together, the prayer. You don't have to unmute. Just repeat after me wherever you are. Righteous and loving Father, thank you for loving me with an everlasting love. Your arms of love are ever outstretched to embrace me. And your love for me is unconditional and eternal. I walk every day in and with the consciousness of your unfailing love. Even as I've become a vent of your liquid love to my world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Ma. Um, right now, I would like to hand over to Brother to take us through the New Testament. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. So we're, we're reading from the message translation this morning. And we're going to, I hope you can see my screen at this moment. We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 20. Praise God. To drink from the cup. Verse 17 says, Jesus, now well on the way, went up to Jerusalem, took the twelve off to the side of the road and said, listen to, listen to me carefully. We are on our way up to Jerusalem. When we get there, the Son of Man will be betrayed to the religious leaders and scholars. They will sentence him to death. They will then hand him over to the Romans for mockery and torture and crucifixion. On the third day, he will be raised up alive. It was about that time that the mother of the Zebedee brothers came with her two sons and knelt before Jesus with a request. What do you want? Jesus asked. She said, give your word that these two sons of mine will be awarded the highest place of honor in your kingdom. One at your right hand, one at your left hand. Jesus responded, you have no idea what you are asking. And he said to James and John, are you capable of drinking 
the cup that I'm about to drink. They said, sure, why not? Jesus said, come to think of it, you are going to drink my cup. But as to awarding places of honor, that is not my business. My father is taking care of that. Verse 24. When the 10 others heard about this, they lost their tempers, thoroughly disgusted with the two brothers. So Jesus got them together to settle things down. He said, you have observed how godless rulers threw their weight around, how quickly a little power goes to their head. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. This is what the son of man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. Wow, this is so significant. Jesus is telling us in order to go up, it's by service, service to God, service to humanity. Praise God. Verse 29, as they were leaving Jericho, a huge crowd followed. Suddenly, they came upon two blind men sitting alongside the road. When they heard it was Jesus passing, they cried out, Master, have mercy on us. Mercy, son of David. The crowd tried to hush them up, but they got all louder, crying, Master, have mercy on us. Mercy, son of David. Jesus stopped and called over. What do you want from me? They said, Master, we want our eyes open. We want to see. Deeply moved, Jesus touched their eyes. They had their sight back that very instant and joined the procession. This is the end of the Bible reading for Matthew. And now I'll be handing over to Brother John to take. Okay. Good morning, everyone. So, good morning, Sister Amaka. Thank you for this beautiful opportunity. Okay. Um, Taking Exodus 16 from the message translation. Okay. On the 15th day of the second month after they had left Egypt, the whole company of Israel moved on from Elim to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. The whole company of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron there in the wilderness. The Israelites said, why didn't God let us die in comfort, in comfort in Egypt, where we had where we had lamb stew and all the bread we could eat? You brought us out of this out into this wilderness to starve us to death. The whole company of Israel, God said to Moses, "I'm going to rain bread down from the skies for you. The people will go out and gather each day's ration. I'm going to." Test them to see if they will live according to my teaching or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they have gathered, it will turn out to be twice as much as their daily ration. Moses and Aaron told the people of Israel, This evening you will know that it is God who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of God. Yes, he is listening to your complaints against him. You haven't been complaining against us, you know, but against God. Moses said, since it will be God who gives you meat for your meal in the evening 
and your fill of bread in the morning. It is God who will... Who... Praise the Lord. Can, can you hear me? Yes, yes sir. we can. I can hear you. Yes, we can. Thank you. Okay, verse, let me take verse 8 again. Moses said, Since it will be God who gives you meat for your meal in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, it's God who have listened to your complaints against him. Who are we in all this? You haven't been complaining to us. You have been complaining to God. Moses instructed Aaron, tell the whole company of Israel, come near to God. He's heard your complaints. When Aaron gave out the instructions to the whole company of Israel, they turned to face the wilderness, and there it was, the glory of God, visible in the cloud. God spoke to Moses, I have listened to the complaints of the Israelites. Now tell them, at dusk you will eat meat, and at dawn you will eat your fill of bread, and you will realize that I am God, your God. Verse 13, that evening quail flew in and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew all over the camp. When the layer of dew had lifted, there there on the wilderness ground was a fine flaky something, fine as frost on the ground. The Israelite took one look and said to one another, Man who? Meaning, what is, what is it? They had no idea what it was. So Moses told them, It is the bread God has given you to eat. And these are God's instructions. Gather enough for each person, about two quarts, Two quarts per person. Gather enough for everyone in your tent. The people of Israel went to work and started gathering. Some more, some less. But when they measured out what they had gathered, those who gathered more had no extra. And those who gathered less were in short. Each person had gathered as much as was needed. Verse 19. Moses said to them, Don't leave any of it till, until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. A few of the men kept back some of it until morning. It got warm and smelled bad, and Moses lost his temper with them. They gathered it every morning, each person according to need. Then the sun heated up and it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, about four quarts per person. Then the leaders of the company came to Moses and reported, Moses said, this is what God was talking about. Tomorrow is a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to God. Whatever you plan to bake, bake today. And whatever you plan to boil, boil today. Then set aside the leftovers until morning. They set aside what was left until morning as Moses had commanded. It didn't smell bad and there was no warmth in it. Wow. Moses said, now eat it. This is the day, a Sabbath for God. You won't find any of it on the ground today. Gather it every day for six days. But the seventh day is Sabbath. There won't be any of it on the ground. Verse 27. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather anyway, but they didn't find anything. God said to Moses, How long are you going to disobey my commands and not follow my instructions? Don't you see that God has given you the Sabbath 
So on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. So each of you stay home. Don't leave home on the seventh day. So the people quit working on the seventh day. The Israelites named it manna. What is it? It looked like coriander seed, whitish, and it tasted like a cracker with honey. Moses said, this is God's command. Keep a two-quart jar of it and omer for future generations so they can see the bread that I fed you in the wilderness after I brought you out of Egypt. Moses told Aaron, take a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna. Place it before God, keeping it safe for future generations. Aaron did what God commanded Moses. He set it aside before the testimony to preserve it. The Israelites ate the manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle down. They ate manna until they reached the border into Canaan. According to the ancient, according to ancient measurements, an omer is one tenth of an ephah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Brother John. Um, so much to learn from that chapter. I'll just jump into chapter seventeen and then I'll be through so that we can have time to probably take a few um, contributions from those of us that are participating as to what you have learned in the passages that we're, we're reading today. Exodus chapter 17, directed by God, the whole company of Israel moved on by stages from the wilderness of sin. They set camp at Rephidim and there wasn't a drop of water for the people to drink. The people the people took Moses to tax. The second place. The people took Moses to tax. Give us water to drink. But Moses said, why pester me? Why are you testing God? But the people were thirsty for water there. They complained to Moses. Why did you take us from Egypt and drag us out here with our children and animals to die of thirst? Moses cried out in prayer to God, what can I do with these people? Any minute now they'll kill me. God said to Moses, go on out ahead of the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel. Take the staff you used to strike the Nile and go. I'm going to be present before you at the rock on the rock of Horeb. You are to strike the rock. Water will gush out of it and the people will drink. Moses did what he said with the elders of Israel right there watching. He named the place Massa, testing place, and Meribah, quarreling. Because of the quarreling of the Israelites and because of their testing of God, when they said, is God here with us or not? Amalek came and fought Israel at Rephidim. Moses ordered Joshua. Send, select some men for us and go out and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I will take my stand on top of the hill, holding God's staff. Joshua did what Moses ordered in order to fight Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ho went to the top of the hill. He turned out 
it turned out that whenever Moses raised his hands, Israel was winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek was winning. But Moses' hands got tired, so they got a stone and set it under him. He sat on it, and Aaron and, and Hor held up his hands, one on each side. So his hands remained steady until the sun went down. Joshua defeated Amalek and its army in battle. God said to Moses, write this up as a reminder to Joshua to keep it before him because I will most certainly wipe the very memory of Amalek off the face of the earth. Moses built an altar and named it God my banner. He said, salute God's rule, God at war with Amalek, always and forever. I think that this reminds me of something we were talking about yesterday. And I, I did say that either yesterday or two days ago. And I said that you don't have to worry about people who declare themselves or make themselves an enemy. People who live to ensure that, oh, as long as I'm alive, this person, I will do this to this person. You don't have to bother. Look at what God said concerning Amalek. Amalek came against Israel at a time when Israel was very weak. God's statement, he said, I by myself, he was not even satisfied with the fact that all oh, the children of Israel had gone to war against Amalek and they had won them. He promised that from generation to generation, I by myself, he said, I would destroy the Amalek, Amalekites. So don't worry about those who declare themselves your enemy. It's not your job. The fight is not yours. Focus on your life, fulfill purpose, enjoy your life every day. God will deal with those who declare themselves as enemies. I like to take, um, I'm sure we can hear from maybe about five people, one minute each. I would be glad if you can stick to the one minute. What have you learned today? Or oh, we've been reading the book of Genesis and Exodus. To, as at today, we're at Exodus 17. Has it been like for you? What are your takeouts, especially from today's scriptures or maybe from the scriptures before today? Okay. I have Chimui. Chimui, please unmute from your end and tell us how it's been like for you. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning everyone um thank you so much um esteemed Amara, for this opportunity um i would like to actually um take from genesis chapter 17 right because um i think it was really significant to moses especially seeing that that was the first battle he actually engaged in after he brought out the children of israel out of egypt right and this was because when um israel, isaac was blessing Jacob, the second son, he made a declaration that his brother would be servant to him. And Amalek was um, the grandson of Esau, right? And that's Jacob's elder brother. And it just came to happen, come to, it came to happen that um, this actually was fulfilled during this time. And another, for, another good thing to note is that at that time they were at their weakest point. It was their first, it was their first battle. They were doubting God at the time until God had to intervene. So when um, the Bible talks about how that the Lord instructed that Moses, that's in verse 5, that Moses and some of his leaders should go and stand before God, it shows that in every step of the way, God was always guiding them, but they were not just seeing it and acknowledging that. And also when they had that um, battle with the Israelites, um, he sent his army to go and fight, and that was physical battle. 
But while that was going on, Moses went to the top of the hill with his rod. And now that rod was significant because that rod was not just an ordinary rod. It was blessed of the Lord. So the rod of Moses became the staff of God and was so significant because it demonstrated the power of God as well too. So it shows that he had confidence in God rather than the physical battle that was happening. So he had his hand raised up in intercession. It also brings to mind when pastor tells us to pray, we should pray, we should pray. We should pray, we should intercede for people. We should pray because in the place of prayer is the place of answers. And um, we saw that at the very end that Israelites um, won the battle. So for me, it just um, kept on reiterating the benefits of interceding, interceding with prayers, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Ah. Thank you so much. Well, so significant, the things that you've shared. Thank you very much. Um, Florence, oh, please unmute from your end. Good morning, ma. Good morning, everybody. Thank you much for this opportunity. Um, I just wanted to point out the fact that um, reading from the scriptures, especially in um, Exodus chapter 16, I just see God's love because um, very much earlier, we talked about, we actually, my talked about how much um, from Genesis to Revelation, we just see the character of God, which is love. And literally the story, um, the narrative that we see here is pretty much love, like expressed. Because the children of Israel, the first of all, they rebelled on many occasions, but God still loves them. And, you know, the instructions that he gave to Moses just shows his love. And, and in verse four to five from Exodus 16, he says, I'm going to rain bread down down from the sky for you. The people will go out. So basically he, he just shows love. And even when they didn't listen, like he told them, don't, don't leave it overnight, but they still, they still didn't listen. But you know, he, he, he was calm. And, and that also brings me to um, Moses' reaction because Moses, one of the things, not even one of the things, the thing that actually got him fired was anger. And I see anger. He literally, like, says, um, when they didn't listen, when they rebelled, his reaction was in anger. I just saw it. I was like, oh my God. He didn't, he didn't treat, he didn't treat the anger immediately. He didn't even rea realize that he was angry at people. God wasn't angry, but he was angry at people. But, you know, it just, that just um, lit up to me because when something, when something is wrong, when I, when something wrong is wrong in our character, we just need to point it out immediately and deal with it because that actually got him fired. But you know, he didn't even realize that he did that. I just need to point out those two facts: the anger and obviously God's love that um, covered all. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you very much. Thank you. His love is constant, unconditional, and ever there. Okay, so finally, we'll take from Erin. Please unmute from your end. Hello. Please, can you unmute from your end? Hi, brother Aaron. Can you try your meeting from your end? Okay, I can right now. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, greetings, everyone. Thank you, Sister Maga, for the opportunity. Uh, several things come to mind actually. Uh, reading today's uh, 
Bible study, especially in the book of Exodus 16 and 17. Uh, first of all, it gives us uh, the picture of, uh, you know, sometimes God takes out of a particular situation as it pertained to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And a lot of times when they faced uh, any kind of a challenge, they went back to Egypt in their minds. And uh, that is what God was trying to take out of them. But each time they would still go back to Egypt. And many times when they wanted to, you know, when they wanted to uh, place a request onto God, they would still refer that to Egypt. Like uh, in Egypt, we had this. Why are we here at this point? But God was taking them somewhere. They weren't looking at the final picture God had for them. They kept looking at the past. And that is what we see a lot of times being played uh, over and over in certain people's lives. The same things that God is taking us out of is the same thing that we are yearning after. So it brings to mind the, to always trust in God. And I think to me, another point that really stood out is uh, in the place of trouble, in the place of war, Moses discovered a secret that Paul finally, or the Spirit of God through Paul, makes it mandatory, the lifting up of hands. So um, like in whatever situation you're going through, always look at the, the secret, always look at the uh, the strategies that God will give you for that particular situation and not the situation because Moses didn't consider the war. He looked at the supernatural power of God and there he got that revelation of lifting up of hands and which got them the victory. So, well, that's just uh, so much to say, but I think these are the two or three that stood out for me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brother Aaron. Thank you. There's just a lot in the scriptures that often stand out. And um, it is for us to see those details as we read. You know, these are not times of study. Because there's the reading of the Bible and there's a study of the Bible. And I would encourage everyone to have that time when you study the Bible. And um, maybe one of these days we'll talk more on how to study the Bible and maybe share hacks and tips that will help you effectively study the Bible. But one of the ways you can study the Bible is through, you can use um, personalities to study. So maybe you want to study about the person of Joseph or the person of David or the person of Jesus. And then so you go through all the different scriptures that deal with this person, highlighting all the things that you notice about the person, their success stories, their mistakes, and all of that. You can also study based on character traits. So like now we're talking about love. You want to study more about the love of God. And then you go through the scriptures and highlight all of those scriptures that, you know, share more about the love of God. And then you, you, you meditate on them. And then it helps you with a broader understanding on that concept that you're studying. So there are several ways. And those are times that you must create in this year you know to on to know more of god because you see man, man is the same through every generation and many of us just like what brother aaron was saying now many of us still act like the children of israel you might read the story and you get upset with them and say ah oh, this guy's sha but many of us still behave like them even up to date so but the only way you find yourself not acting like that but acting correctly is when you have a clear understanding of how you should act and that comes through the study.
and the meditation of the scriptures. So it's been a beautiful time of devotion. I'm going to hand over to Brother Martins now to take us through the Pauline affirmation. Thank you so much, everybody. the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please let me know if you can hear me. We can hear you. Okay. Praise the Lord. Today we'll be taking the affirmations. And, um, I'll be most, first of all, I'd like to say a big thank you to you, Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Um, while, we, while we take the affirmations, um, first thing we'll do is um, you say your name, my name is, then the affirmation, the first part, the first um, paragraph, the next paragraph, you, your name, and then I am plan, I'm granted according to like that, okay? At the count of three, we go. One, two, three. My name is... My name is Sam Connell. I have the spirit of wisdom and Thank 
you so much, Brother Martins. So we'll quickly take the communion so that we can round off for today. And I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, for those of you who watched your love word, I think it was yesterday or two days ago when Pastor talked about why we take the communion. It was two days ago and it was highlighting it, it's, a, it's a significance of our oneness with Christ. And I, I often we say that whatever has to happen to you has to be able to happen to God. So if God cannot be sick with the communion on a daily basis, it is impossible for you to be sick. Last time I shared a testimony. You don't have so much time for me to share that testimony, but there are several testimonies that have resulted from the breaking of bread. You can never lose breaking bread. It's very significant. It's, it's a ritual in our kingdom. Get used to it. Praise God. First Corinthians 11, 23. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus... The same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. We go conscious of our oneness with you, and we declare that throughout today, victory only, celebration only, testimonies only, everyone in this place today is ordained and appointed to have a testimony to share because you're proving yourself strong. There's going to be a proof of your oneness in their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Please break the bread and eat it. Verse 25, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had stopped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye just show the Lord's death till he comes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We enjoy the blessings wherein you died, was buried, resurrected, ascended, and was glorified that we might have. We live the life that you called us to live. We enjoy every day of our life. And today is not an exception. Thank you, Father. Yes, we enjoy pleasure. We enjoy bliss. It is our testimony for today and always in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please take the call. I'd like to thank everyone um, for your consistency to this time of prayers. And I'm excited that we're reading the Bible in one year. And by the end of this year, we would have read the whole Bible. If there's one year that you would be able to boast that you were consistent in following the Bible reading plan, it is this year. And we're here to see to you that it happens. I'd like to thank all my co-hosts. Thank you for showing up every day and for the inspiring sessions that you handle. Thank you, everybody. Let's unmute as we share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Amen. Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. God's goodness and mercy, all the days of our lives.